0: You know, we're going to make one more announcement. I'm going to have Brother Duvall come and make one more very important announcement. Brother Duvall, God bless you. All right. That's just so cruel, isn't it? You thought you had him. Super quick. Set your timers. Easter's right around the corner, as has already been stated, and we want to encourage everyone to please help us with our our big annual Easter event where we fill up the eggs with candy. The bags are in the foyer. There is a host of bags. I see literally hundreds of bags. They're already filled with a plastic egg. Here's what we need from you. Take the bags home, open the egg, put individually wrapped pieces of candy in them, a single piece of little scotch tape on the outside, put them back in the same bags you brought, you got them with, come back uh, back to church, and drop them back off. So I'm trying to keep that super short, really simple instructions. Take the bags home, fill the eggs with candy, put scotch tape on the egg, put the eggs back in the bag, bring them back to church. All right? Praise the Lord, everyone. Pastor really is coming now. All right. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. And let's give these... Wonderful leaders, a great big hand clap, and, and all that they represent, there are so many. Amen. There are so many who do so much at First Apostolic Church, and, and yet there is always room for more. And so we, we look forward to 2017. I really uh, believe that 2017 is going to be our, uh, our greatest year yet. Amen. Our greatest year yet. And uh, and that we, we have a lot to look forward to. I, I'm going to go directly into the word of the Lord. You don't necessarily have to stand. Uh, because I know uh, uh, times of the essence we have business. We had business to take care of. Jesus said, uh, I must be about my father's business. Amen. And so the scripture teaches us to be not slothful in business. So it's important. And what we're talking about, everything that we do... Uh, must be centered around and focused on the business of the Lord. Amen. So from the book of Acts, the first chapter, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture in your hearing, the book of Acts, the first chapter. And uh, I'm going to read beginning with verse number 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And I want to preach speak to you on the subject for just a few moments, the trouble with gazing. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for a good year in 2016, a blessed year. God, we ask your blessing upon the remainder of 2017. We ask your blessing upon every effort and endeavor of First Apostolic Church, every individual, every home, every family. Lord, we call upon the blessing of the Most High God to be upon our city In the name of Jesus, let your word go forth tonight with clarity, with compassion, with accuracy and fervor. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Gazing, the question came to the disciples from two angelic beings that we that we are to consider two men clothed in white approach uh, these men and they say to them, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? And of course, the obvious answer is, Are you kidding? Why would we not be gazing? Do you realize what just happened? we were standing here having a conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. He told us that we are to go to Jerusalem and tarry until we be endued with power from on high and and that we were to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that the promise of the Father was going to come to pass and His response to our questions didn't necessarily leave us with a definitive answer. When will the end of the world come? And, and, and when will you restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus responds simply by saying, it's not for you to know. But the Father hath put these things in His own power. And while He's speaking to them, He ascends into heaven. And while He's ascending, a cloud receives Him and he vanishes before their eyes. Now, it would be natural, would it not, to gaze up into heaven. If you had just had that experience, if I had just had that experience, we most likely would have the same reaction that the disciples had, just kind of gawking. I mean, we do that at much less extravagant things. I mean, you let a car go by that's over 25 years old and, and gentlemen, it, it, it's enough to get us gazing. You let somebody act crazy in public and it's enough to get us gazing. Anything can catch somebody's attention and you have to be careful with gazing because it is possible, especially when you're in the In the throes of a of a test or an exam or something that requires concentration a project that you can you can anything in the room can become a subject of your concentration and you can catch yourself staring gazing and the gaze turns into a glaze over your eyes and 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 the object could be moved, or if it's an individual, they could move, and, and you don't even know they moved to that the thing moved, because you're so intently focused that you're not even paying attention to what it is that you're looking at and beholding, but now you are in this position of gazing. This is where the disciples were, and you have to you have to you have to give them a little bit of a break because this is their hope, the hope of Israel. This is the one that was to come and, as they asked, restore the kingdom to Israel. They were done with being oppressed. They were finished with being uh, uh, trodden down and trampled over. They now needed a Savior. And they figured that the Messiah would come and be lifted up in majesty. They did not necessarily balance the majestic prophecies concerning Messiah with the prophecies that foretold of his suffering his death, burial and resurrection and so when they looked upon Jesus they were, they were a little troubled first of all that he had died at all that was a real challenge to their faith. Now had they been paying attention to Isaiah they would have known he was going to die he was going to be wounded, bruised chastised he would receive stripes on his back. They would look on him whom they had pierced. He would be wounded in the house of a friend. Deceitful would be the kisses of an enemy. All of those prophecies came forth from Old Testament prophets. But they found a way to, to, to just dismiss those. And, and so when he died, even though he told them he would be betrayed, it took them by surprise. Even though he reminded them that I will be taken by Betrayal, and I will be taken by the hands of sinners and I will be crucified, but I will rise from the dead. They were still dumbfounded when the day actually arrived that Jesus, the invincible man, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus, the man whose voice the winds and the waves obeyed, Jesus, who had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus, who had the power to open the eyes of the blind merely by spitting into the dust of the ground, mingling his spittle with that dirt and making mud out of it, placing it upon a man's eyes, telling him to wash in the pool of Siloam and seeing him completely and dramatically, miraculously healed of his blindness. Their hopes had never been higher. For the kingdom to be restored to Israel. And they, like us, kind of looked at things through a particular lens. It was looked at from their own self-focus and self-interest. They thought it would happen in their lifetime. They thought it would happen in their world. We have to realize that the kingdom of God is so much bigger than us. We have to realize that the kingdom of God is so much bigger than this building or this land or this city or this nation or this world, ladies and gentlemen. So much bigger than this generation or the generation before us or the generation after us. We've got to understand that God is God. He is the king. He is the Lord. It is our job To occupy until he comes. To work until the day is done. They're taken off guard. When Jesus is taken by wicked hands, crucified and slain, even though his words served and should have served as a reminder and as a forewarning to them about this. And so when he was buried and rose from the dead, And reports began to surface and circulate that Jesus was alive, that he was doing well. People had seen him. Mary said, I saw him. Peter and John said, the tomb is in fact empty. We saw his clothes wrapped up like a napkin. Folks began to talk about the fact that that on that day that Jesus rose from the dead, that even the the bodies of the saints which slept arose and came up out of the grave and went walking around Jerusalem. This was a dramatic occurrence, ladies and gentlemen. It all of a sudden began to make sense why Jesus borrowed the tomb. Because it wasn't going to be something he used very long. He only needed it for three days and three nights. Jesus had come up out of the grave. Jesus had rose from the dead. Their hopes were not in vain. Their hopes were not something that were dashed by his crucifixion. Because even though he died, everybody saw it. They saw the blood. They saw the sweat. They saw the tears. They saw him give up the ghost. They saw him commend his spirit into the hands of the Father. They saw it with their own eyes. But he's alive. He's alive forevermore. Hallelujah! And in case they were wondering whether he was really alive, he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Infallible proofs. Hallelujah! I'm not talking about card tricks. I'm not. Talking, he'd walk up and find quarters in their ears. Hallelujah! He didn't take off their nose and then put it back on infallible proofs there's no trickery here this isn't an illusion he's alive he's alive he's alive he's alive and he began to preach to them the great commission you want to know what the mission statement of the church is we don't have to reinvent anything ladies and gentlemen go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature there it is you need a personal mission statement? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There it is. Hallelujah. Heal the sick. Hallelujah. Lay hands on the sick. Preach the gospel to the poor. Set at liberty them that are bruised. Preach deliverance to the captive. This is our mission statement. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, 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 we don't need necessarily our own niche. The niche is the work of Jesus. And when they saw Jesus alive, all of those hopes that had been so devastated by his crucifixion were reawakened, and now the ultimate miracle, even greater than raising Lazarus, is that he raised himself from the dead. So you can imagine, if you will, Perhaps they're feeling when they're talking to him and he's standing in front of them saying, you're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come on you. you, You know about the Holy Ghost I'm talking about because many of you were disciples of John and he prepared the way for me he told you hallelujah that there would come one after him that is mightier who would baptize you with the Holy Ghost that's what I'm getting ready to do and you've got to go to Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high hallelujah they said well what about the kingdom what about the kingdom we we want that kingdom and Jesus said you've got to understand that that's in the father's power and you have to understand that the kingdom is not meat and drink but righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and the kingdom is like unto and he throughout his ministry gave so many different parallels and parables concerning the likeness of the kingdom that when they asked again what about the kingdom he just simply he just simply let them know not to worry about the kingdom just go receive the promise of the father and it will begin to make more sense to you and while he's talking He ascends into the heavens. Wait a minute. Because I thought we had you back. Where are you going? I thought we finally, we already lost you once. And our hearts were broken. And now we've got you back. And you're ascending into the heavens. And they cut themselves gazing. What were they gazing at? They were gazing at Jesus. What were they gazing at? They're gazing at everything he said. What are they gazing at? They're gazing at everything he did. They're gazing at all of the memories. They're gazing at all of the good things they can recall. And they're standing there. He had just told them to go to Jerusalem. He just told them to receive the Holy Ghost. He just told them that greater things are coming. He had already told them greater works than these shall you do. He had already told them that I am with you, but I shall be in you. He had told them I go away, but the Father's going to send the Comforter in my name. Hallelujah. And he shall bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. It is so possible when you've experienced what they had experienced, and they had experienced some amazing things. You consider the things they saw with their eyes. Later, Peter would refer to it as this We were eyewitnesses of His Majesty, we saw it with our eyes. This is what authorized them to write epistles to the church because they were eyewitnesses of his majesty they saw the water turned to wine they saw the loaves multiplied and the multitudes fed they observed with their own eyes, ladies and gentlemen, the man whose, who the string of his tongue was loosed. Jesus put his fingers in his ears and when he pulled them out, his ears were able to hear. They saw with their own eyes, Jairus's daughter raised from the dead. The woman with the issue of blood, her issue of blood was completely cleansed and made whole. They saw with their own eyes the works of Jesus. So when he's taken from them they are caught in a position of utter awe gazing at what was what had been what was done what was finished what had been accomplished but the Lord knew that they had to be shaken out of that position of gazing it's great to appreciate what has been done it's great to appreciate what has been accomplished we should always give honor where honor is due. We should always render render tribute unto whom tribute is due. And, and we should give glory to the Lord for the things he has done. We should have thankful hearts and hearts full of gratitude for the many wonderful things that God has done. But we don't need to get stuck gazing at what the Lord has done. We don't need to get in a position of looking back on everything God has done to the point that we can't move forward into what's getting ready to happen next because the greatest, hallelujah, I'd love to stand here and go over. And man, we could shout about what has happened. We could shout about who has been healed. We could shout about who has been delivered. We could shout about the many miracles God has taken First Apostolic Church into in 2016, 15, 14, 13, all the way back to 2095, 90, 80, 70, 60, 19, 25. We could shout about it all night long, but God is sending messengers to stand up next to us and say why stand ye gazing at what just happened because there's more to come and there's more to do and there's more to accomplish it's time to go to Jerusalem Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah yes we need to take time to tell the story But we don't need to get stuck gazing. We need to take time to express what the Lord has done. But we don't need to get so fixated on what he has done. That we can't embrace what he's about to do. Because I'm going to tell you something. When the day of Pentecost is fully come. You haven't seen anything yet. They were all in one accord. In one place. There's a sound from heaven coming. As of a rushing mighty wind, it's gonna fill all the house hallelujah, I'm gonna say this to all of us, me, you the person next to you, the person on the other side of the church we haven't seen anything yet we haven't seen anything yet hallelujah Glory, I'm glad they didn't stay gazing. I'm glad they didn't get stuck with their mouths hanging open. I'm glad they didn't ignore the two men clothed in white. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me where to go. Because I just you don't understand what I'm experiencing. And you don't understand what just happened. And you don't know what this means. I'm glad they didn't. You want to know why? Because Acts chapter 2 talks about a day when the Holy Ghost was poured out. And they were in one accord. And they were in one place. And I thank God they were in one accord. And I thank God they were in one, were in one place. And I thank God they were obedient. And I thank God they were in an upper room. And I thank God, oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. I thank God that their hearts were hungry, that their minds were open, and they were ready to receive the Spirit of the Lord. Hey, when the Holy Ghost is ready to be poured out, don't get stuck gazing on past experiences. Be where he tells you to be. Be where he tells you to be with an open heart. In unity with your brother. In unity with your sister. Ready to receive what the Lord has done. I want you to know there were 120 in that upper room but by the end of the day 3,000 hallelujah that's a good day my God have mercy that's a good day You know, sometimes you have good Sundays. You sleep better when Sunday goes so well. Folks getting baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, people being delivered, altars full of hungry hearts. You you, you just rest well knowing that God showed up and His people were ready to receive from Him. But that day was a good day. They started with 120 and ended up with 3,120. That's church growth right there, folks. I'm glad they didn't get stuck gazing on what the Lord had done in the, 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 the next chapter they're walking to the gate called wait, walking to the temple and they walk past the gate called beautiful there's a lame man who they had seen many 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 times because he had been at that same gate for so many years but something was different not about him but about them they weren't gazing any longer at the one who was healing folks they weren't gazing any longer at what somebody else could do or some other chap in their history but they were walking in the moment divinely ordered of the Lord they were anointed they were anointed for their day in that hour come on somebody shake yourself from gazing at what you've experienced before There are too many lame people sitting around gates called beautiful that need you to come up out of your past experience and walk in the power of this moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh. Glory. I won't go into every detail, but I'll just summarize it this way. He had for years said at that gate unable to walk, but when that little session with Peter and John was finished, he was walking, leaping, praising God, following them into the temple and testifying of the glory of God. I'm glad they didn't get stuck gazing on what used to be. Hallelujah. You know, when you look at the ministry of Stephen, preaching, preaching while the stones are flying. Preaching While the faces of those who were persecuting him had turned so evil and wicked, sinister, murder was in their heart. Malice was in their mind. But Stephen kept preaching, preaching. You know why he was preaching? Because the Holy Ghost empowered him. Hallelujah. There was a Holy Ghost outpouring. You know why there was a Holy Ghost outpouring? Because some folks decided to stop gazing and start walking to Jerusalem and get in position and be ready for what the Lord was going to do. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God knows what He's doing. If He can get us to stop gazing and start praising. I said God can get us to stop gazing and start praising. Hallelujah! my 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 don't be gazing at folks across the way don't be gazing at folks you have ought with don't be gazing at somebody you're trying to find fault with and you don't need to be gazing at your tv all day long stop gazing start praising and god will do miracles we've never seen him do before Able to even turn those devastating moments those tragic moments the death of Stephen was a tragic moment in the church he dies at the hands of these murderous religious officials he dies he was a promising rising star how does he die He's supposed to be one to carry it on into the next generation. How does this young preacher die like that? But God is able to even work through the tragedies if we'll stop gazing and start praising. Even while Stephen is taking his last breath, one of the men consenting unto his death, Saul, whose name is about to be changed to Paul is holding the coach you hear what I'm telling you you know what I love about Saul being changed to Paul this is what I love about Saul's name being changed to Paul it really doesn't mean anything at all no change Saul is what his name is in Hebrew and Paul is what his name is outside of Israel It's not like Abram to Abraham. Abram to Abraham was the difference between uh, high father and the father of many nations. It's not not like uh, the difference between Hadassah and Esther. It's it's not like the difference between Jacob and Israel. Some of those name changes, those 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 were different names and different meanings of names. Saul to Paul, there's no meaning actually that changed except this. Saul is how he was known in Israel. But Paul is how he was known throughout the world. God took this man out of Israel and set him up as a mouthpiece for God around the world the reason we know him as Paul God didn't change his name to Paul we changed his name to Paul because he became an apostle to the Gentiles the foreigners to the covenant of faith strangers to the commonwealth of Israel aliens to the things of God he opened up his mouth he cried loud He spared not He preached through persecution He preached through shipwrecks He preached through snake bites He preached until all of Asia Minor Had heard the gospel of Jesus Christ He preached to the Corinthians Hallelujah to the Thessalonians To the Galatians To the Ephesians To the Philippians To the Colossians On and on and on and on and on he preached You want to know why? some folks stopped gazing at what God had done and started praising Him Woo. laying claim to the promises of God to the promises of God oh hallelujah oh I feel the Holy Ghost here right now Hallelujah. I wonder if somebody right now can reach out and say, God, I want every promise you've given me. God, I want every promise you have given to this church. Hallelujah. 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 You know, one of the beautiful things about this .795 acres is that we were getting ready to offer them $20,000 for it. We thought it was theirs because that's what the county auditor's office said was the case. It was theirs. So we were going to approach them and say, would you consider selling it? We need another acre. We need as much green space as we can get because we're getting ready to build a building for the glory of the Lord. And then they approached us and said, we just found out they've got this in our name and it's not in our name. We don't own this property. You own this property. Hallelujah. they said we were going to ask you if you'd like to sell it we ain't selling nothing we're getting ready to build the building for the glory of the Lord you know why because we need to create space we need to create room thank God for everything that he's done but I'm not going to stare at what he's done thank God for everything he's brought us through but I'm not going to gaze on what he's brought us through we've got places to go people to reach, souls to save messages to preach Bible studies to teach hallelujah We've got the Father's business to tend to. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Oh, come on, First Apostolic Church. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Jamie and Sister Jenny Diley are going to be dedicating their precious baby to the Lord this Sunday. I remember when Brother Jamie was coming to church, and he wasn't exactly sure of what his thoughts were at that moment, but he knew the power of God was dealing with him. And you could see it in his eyes. Something was coming alive. Hallelujah. Sister Jenny started coming, following him to church, coming with him, and keeping an eye on him. Hallelujah. And hallelujah, by the time it was all said and done, and it's not even all said and done yet, but God filled the both of them with the Holy Ghost. They were both baptized in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Now they've got a beautiful baby they're going to be dedicating to the glory of God this Sunday. In Jesus' name. I could go around this room one by one by one by one. Folks that aren't even here tonight. But the glory of God reaching soul after soul after soul. It's a time of harvest. It's a time of reaping. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Let's fix our eyes on the field. That's what Jesus said. He said, Look upon the field. Say not four months and then the harvest. My God have mercy. Now we're doing everything we can. We're doing everything we can. We're we're trying to, you know, as Brother Rockland mentioned, we have people come and and, and we end up, some people end up walking away because there's no room in the inn. We got to solve that problem. But in the meantime, we're not going to say, four months, and then the harvest. Because the fields are ready right now. And we're going to build a beautiful building to the glory of God. And we thank Jesus for that right now. In the name of Jesus, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. I see it full to overflowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we're not going to say, then we can have harvest. The fields are ready right now. hallelujah glory to God glory to God we're doing all that we can to reach and we need to do more and we need to do more every shoulder has to be to the plow looking upon the field not looking back but looking upon the field reaching 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 those who are in need of salvation Brother Rockland mentioned the radio program be, be, be well aware that that's that's, that's an assessment of of finding the most effective ways to reach. And and it's a basically a temporary suspension of, of a particular approach that we can make a better approach going forward. And 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 people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ through internet, through live stream, through podcasts, and yes, even through our radio program. But we but we had to take measures, take action in that regard for this moment. But but we're looking. For even more ways to reach as many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has to consume our every thought, it has to consume our being. Reach them, reach them, reach them. Preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Who's willing to pray and fast with me for the harvest that God is bringing? Who's willing to pray and fast with me for the harvest? <inaudible> hallelujah hallelujah glory to god glory to god glory to god brother mark purdy i remember when brother mark purdy was baptized in jesus name he had just told me he wasn't interested in being baptized years ago he said i'm not interested in being baptized so the next sunday i preached a message on baptism and i thought I thought, I, fig- I knew who the Lord was going to work with. And I picked them out. They were on this side of the church. I knew who they were. And I made the plea, Lord, I want you to anoint me to preach the gospel and, and bring somebody to be baptized. And, and so I made the plea, it's time to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I was washed out of my peripheral. I knew they were coming. And to my surprise, Brother Mark Purdy came down the middle aisle. I was surprised, but God wasn't surprised. God knew where He was. I remember when He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'd been in Columbus, Ohio, and I was teaching at a leadership meeting, and and little did I know, but that very day, he was talking to Brother Brian Duvall about about what, what will happen when God fills him with the gift of the Holy Ghost and what to expect. And I was in Columbus teaching at a leadership meeting. I finished the session in Columbus, Ohio, and the pastor gets up behind me and he said to the man in the back, he said, Scott, you and I had a conversation about the Holy Ghost. He said, if you'll come up here right now, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. This I had just taught a little leadership lesson. I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't like, I wouldn't have prayer lines or anything. And I thought, you sure about that, pastor? I mean, he to get the Holy Ghost if he comes up right now. He said, if you'll come up right now, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He walked up to the front of the church, Scott did. And when Scott got to the front of the church, we laid hands on him, and in two minutes, he was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I was so inspired. I I came back home. I couldn't wait to share that with you all. I came back home. I walked into the Sunday night service. We had a missionary. Brother Nichols was here preaching. And I, and I, I walked into the middle of the service and I, I got up in the middle of the worship service. I said, I just want to stop everything and share with you on what happened yesterday. I said, we were in the service. I told him how Scott walked up. The pastor said, if you'll come right now, God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when Scott walks up, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. I said, you know, we need to believe that God can do that. He can, he can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost right now. Brother Mark Purdy decided to take me up on it. He walks out of his seat in the middle of that story, comes down to the front and says, I believe God can fill me with the Holy Ghost right now. When he got baptized in Jesus' name, his wife was on an extended fast of several, several days, praying and fasting that God would break the chain, and God broke the chain. He came up to receive the Holy Ghost, and we gathered...